This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to episode 22 of the Practice of Learning Teams. Today's podcast is the third of a series of four episodes as we take the podcast on a virtual tour of Australia and looking at how the Australians are applying learning teams to improve organisational learning. On today's show we continue the conversation with Stephen Harvey and Tony McConaughey from Urban Utilities and we will explore a range of views on covering such things as removing self-imposed rules, using learning teams to remove non-valid activities, using the power of conversations in pre-job and pre-start work, using learning teams to evaluate the effectiveness of change. And then we'll explore the future of learning teams and we'll discuss such topics as do learning teams work with remote products like Zoom and Microsoft Teams? Do using learning teams function outside of safety. We'll talk about the safety one versus safety two debate, or should it just be about learning organizations? We then look at the value of being a learning organization, and we wrap up by talking about looking for opportunities for improvement or opportunities for alignment. Please join me now as Tony McConaughey carries on the conversation. But there was a really good report from Deloitte a few years ago, which talks about um, the huge red tape problem that Australia is, is currently faced with. And it talks about the fact that there's something like, I think it was $70 billion worth of unimportant, non-regulated, non-legislated rules that companies self-impose on themselves. Yeah. So we try and really reinforce the fact that the health and safety world has completely gone mad and bonkers over the last... 20 years and we need to try and unwind and unpick some of the unnecessary rules. So trying to bring the conversation of a learning team back into some rigour and structure off the back of it, which is, which is, um, that's been one of our challenges initially over the first couple of years, but we're getting a little bit better at that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's easy for systems to bloat as we call them. And it's really interesting that, that as we um, go through the recovery phase post-COVID-19, um, as economies you know, get a bit harder, I, I think organisations are more ripe to optimise and remove waste rather than bloat the system, which is what sort of happened, naturally happens over time. Because we all, we all love to add stuff. I mean, you know, adding stuff must look good. I mean, you know, I, I was with a, I was talking to a board the other day and, and I said, if, if your team spent two weeks doing an ICAM investigation and came up with one recommendation, how would you feel about that? And they said, well, we'd expect a lot of recommendation for two weeks. I said, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your problem. Yeah, the health, the, health, the health and safety world provides Lots and lots of opportunity to add. So you've got investigations, you've got audits, you've got observations. Yep. It's a whole string of adding, adding, adding. You don't actually have roles that are designed 
actually take to take away. It'd be great if there were actually just decluttering advisors out there um, that are just just taking away and only keeping critical safety of work stuff yeah. in the system. Absolutely, you're, you're talking about uh, adding, adding, adding. But we actually, we actually used the Lenin team approach to take away a document. So our frontline workers had to complete like a take five risk assessment mm-hmm. process when the when they were performing work. Uh, and when we were doing our discoveries, this document kept appearing all the time, saying it was a waste of time, it was a waste of time. So we thought, right, okay, we're going to listen to these lads and have a, a discovery. So we've probably done about five or six learning teams actually on this document. And what we found is that it was just of no use to the guys at all. So basically they were sitting in their vehicle completing this pre-start risk assessment and then going to the job to talk about the job. So we wanted to align that. So we, well, the guys actually created a, a thing called the chat. Right. So we have this process where they, we, they've basically got like a seven, seven questions that they have and then they have a discussion amongst them to work out the job. So that was, I mean, that was a big deal, taking that away. There's, even now there's a wee bit of resistance still. You know, people are going, oh, we've taken this document away. You know, <laughs> what happens if something goes wrong? And it's like, well, like it's just the same as before. Like, the, oh, I mean, it's probably better that, that we were just building up a big evidence of non-compliance with the rap. So, uh, so that was that was a great opportunity that we used the learning teams for, and we took that across our whole region. So we went to everyone and said, what? So that we didn't just go to one depot and say, right, what do you think of the rat? We actually went across our whole workforce yeah. and grabbed a handful of them and sort of spoke around the usefulness of that document. And it was a resounding, let's get rid of it. Well, we're um, sort of about a third of the way through our second book at the moment because Todd's, Todd's made us write three books. So we're, we're, in the, we're in the second book at the moment called The Field Guide to Learning Teams. And um, we're, um, we've got this... Um, uh, uh, one of the case studies was an organisation um, they were undertaking a project. It was about a $16 million project with 85 people running over 120 working days. And they calculated the take fives and the pre-starts was half a million dollars worth of cost. Okay. And when we said to them, what value did that half a million give you? They didn't know. Now, yeah, I mean, we 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 basically just gathered cargo cargo worth of boxes of of yeah. these ridiculous pre-task risk assessment forms, and yeah. over the five years that they were used, nothing was ever done with them. Um, so they're really just, and they weren't being used correctly. People were filling them in in bulk. People were filling them in. People weren't filling them in. Um, so yeah, it was got a bit of a hot mess there but that, that's the value of a learning team I guess where you can get the voice of the worker and get them to change it and match what they currently do they create the questions they already do that so the change is actually quite small for them it's yeah. been like that actually quite a lot the change yeah, really. made a huge for the corporate world people look people wig out in corporate roles but operational people go well that's you're just aligning that that's no change for us that's what we already do biggie for them. Yeah, and we've actually done learning teams on the effectiveness of the new process as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've, that's what we've, and, I get, and it's the same thing again. We've went across a region sort of saying, how's this working out? What are you doing? And the guys are like, oh, 
we love you. I'm like, this is the, you guys are the best. Well, and we wrote the book as a learning team. <laughs> yeah, you would do, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, no, because we, we went to Todd and said, if we're going to do this, we're going to write it as a learning team. And he said, like he said, that that's either going to be the best idea ever or, or total shite. Okay. <laughs> and and in the forward, he said it, he said it, it actually worked out good, and that that's why we've got multiple authors because you, you can't have a learning team of one. Yeah. So, I think we're going to have to write a book, Tony. Yeah, no. Look, <laughs> please, please, please do. I mean, um, um, I, don't underestimate the effort. That's all I can say to people. Um, yeah. Having conversations are really easy. Yeah, we'd, 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 have a good, we'd have a good audio book, I think, mate, with your voice, <laughs> both our voices. <laughs> so, guys, um, what do you think is the future of learning teams? So what do you think is the future of learning teams from your perspective? Mate, I'm, I, I'll, I'll take this one on, Tony, because I, I've just experienced, I think, Brent. So the other, the other day I got asked to facilitate a learning team via Teams, Microsoft Teams, mm-hmm. and I was like, nah, Never. This is never going to work. I just, I, I just won't get the same buy-in. I'm just, it's just not going to be the same experience. And I was wrong. I bloody loved it. I, and we were able to capture lots of notes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Teams, Brent, but yeah, I am. It was. Uh, I think the whole world is right. It's, yeah, sadly, I run five different systems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I came out of it really, really surprised at how excellent it went. Uh, and I think that might be something for us to explore in the future because we have a lot of people sort of displaced across the region. And it be, I think this there might be something in this where we could get the guys on a camera in their vehicles because the guys have tablets. So mm-hmm. we'll, be, we'll be able to communicate with them on the job at, at that time. And so, sort of, I mean, it has to be facilitated really well. I think you that's can't just let it. That's, 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 what the, that's what the art's going to be. And facilitating a conversation like that really well, but I, I've got a feeling that's going to be a big thing in the future. Well, I can share with you probably half our learning teams are done remote, and what we do. Yeah. Mm. And I um, think, um, look, I think from a from an aspirational position for learning teams, I I believe that they'll be positioned broader than just. The health and safety function. So we, we've sort of started to dabble. Um, we've had six really successful learning teams. So we've, we've, we've run learning teams across on our IT projects, facilitated some reflection, discovery and improvements to, to share across other IT projects. Um, we've used them across in our HR employee experience space as well to, mm-hmm. to, um, to use them across in that space. So I think there's the starting point is actually just to, to get a lot of the other health and safety um, teams in the industry to start having a crack at learning teams. That's the first step. But then I think there are broader, there's a broader aspirational vision there of the learning organisation and adopting it across um, just a bit broader than just the health and safety discipline. I think that's where it, that's where it will head. And um, we'll look back and reflect on all the previous investigation techniques and and be better for it as we move forward. Yeah, and, and look, and we've, we've, I mean, the, the book also talks about the fact that safety, quality, and operational excellence. And, it, for example, uh, we talked about in a quality section, we, we got a, a company that had been a massive lean advocate for decades, 
and they had a particular incident occurred with a type of machinery. And we got them to run their normal um, Kaizen event using the five whys. Then we got them to run the same Kaizen event using a learning team. They gained three times more information in half the time. Yeah. I can and they said, what just happened? Yeah. What just happened? And we said, well, look, the, the thing here is your five whys is a branching process. And that creates what we call rabbit holing. <laughs> Okay, because someone jumps onto it and they, and they go all the way down and then they realise it doesn't go anywhere and they have to come all the way back up. Whereas the learning team was simply about that whole pyramid of building the, that layering and layer and layer and layer and giving that depth and that context. And what they worked out was that it was quicker to get all that depth and context rather than doing a five wise. I mean, you've just made me think of something there. Like, sometimes I think learning teams leave us with more questions. Uh, like... I try to explore a particular topic and the guys do start going down that rabbit hole, then me being as curious as I am, I'll start going, oh, tell me more about that, tell me a bit more, tell me a bit more about that, and then I'll bring it back in. And then at the end of it, I'll be like, oh, like, just look at this, we'll get, we'll get even more questions. But it, it sets us up for our next one, though. That's correct. When we start theming it, we can go all right. Next time we'll have a discussion around like lone worker or you know or mobile phone use in vehicles or something like that. You know, that's so that's probably the one criticism. You'll just end up with lots more questions. Yeah. If that's such a bad thing, mind you. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's only a bad thing if we don't do anything about it. Correct. Yeah. I mean like, like like any like anything. I mean, if if people if people participate in a process and don't learn from it or, or don't form part of the solution, why would they bother? I mean, I, I, in all the work that I've done, um, no one ever thanked me for the investigation. Every learning team, people say, when can we do more? Yeah, yeah. You know? Now, it's bizarre. It's, it's totally bizarre. And, yeah, it's, and, it's and we ran one, we did one in the, in the healthcare sector recently, and I, I took the HDS team with me, and they sat there saying, "What the hell's going on? We've just learnt more in thirty minutes than in a whole year about this topic." And they said, "What just happened?" And I said, "Well, people were just sharing, sharing their knowledge, sharing their understanding. That's, that's all that happened." And of course, they were a bit horrified because the data set, you know, didn't didn't look good. But what they learnt was that having these um, fixed or rigid rules didn't function for that type of environment. Yeah, the reason I'm smiling and laughing is because it's, it's what we hear all the time as well. It's like, what, 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 how, did, how did that just happen? How did you capture, capture so much information in an hour or two hours? Uh, it probably, probably leads us to one of the challenges with learning teams as well is we do we do actually come up with significant numbers of opportunities that aren't health and safety related. So you know, a recent around excavation and trenching, there was a, a whole bunch of improvement initiatives around um, K, KPIs and rostering, um, you know, allocation of appropriate contractors to support the complex parts of the work. Um, just the actual... Um, functions of the delivery of that type of role. Um, so it's sort of, you, you provide those broad opportunities 
to a leadership group and sometimes the capacity or the authority or the empowerment to resolve some of those can be really, really sticky. Mm-hmm. So it sort of sometimes hits a little bit of a bottleneck of being able to actually have a crack at some of those things. Um, so there's a, there's a challenge there around sometimes you feel like, you know, you're going to get told to put back in your little health and safety box and you're getting a bit too broad and away from the actual topic itself. Yeah, so it's about that sort of focus event and um, yeah. how to how to um, make use of those other learnings. The good news is those learnings are going to stay there. They, they don't become stale. I think part of the trick in what we're saying is how do we, how do we get the workers to, because um, because we we talk about the, there's micro change and macro change, so you know when people are exposed to dynamic risk, a lot of that variability is expressed at a micro change level, and of course when you're on choir you're seeing a macro change, not the micro change. So one of the things that we're looking, what we're doing at the moment is how to get those groups to self adjust within those micro-changes themselves and, and how to gather business intelligence that then informs the organisation if the system is actually able to support successful work. Mm, interesting. Yeah, look, it, it is, it's, really, it's really fascinating. Uh, and you know, we, we're very fortunate that um, we have some organisations who, who just, just so you know, they're not safety differently organisations in the slightest. They have decided that they want to be a learning organisation and that they believe that in order for them to improve, they have to learn. And their focus is on where are the opportunities for learning? Where do those opportunities exist? That, that's, that's the yeah, that, was, that was sort of one of one of our biggest reflections over the last two and a half years was we, we took the approach of having the big song and dance big strategy, our safe, simple program, which basically stated, you know, this is what safety one is and this is what safety two is that we're trying to aim towards and we want to hold on to aspects of safety one, but there was probably a slightly negative tone towards that. Um, so I think our we, we had a bit of a challenge around language of sort of trying to transform people to move into doing something different where sort of probably three quarters of the organisation loved it, but probably a quarter of the organisation felt like, well, is what I've been doing wrong over the last 20 years and I'm probably not feeling all that great about that. So I think upon reflection, uh, if we were to sort of start over again, we would remove any of that that titling and language around, around safety one and safety two and, just, and focus on that, becoming a learning organisation. I really like that. So that would be the reflection to remove the banners and remove the we're going from this to this um it sort of only agitates some people in the uh, audience yeah well, whereas learning does it and all it says you is think of it in the point of view uh, think of it what does the organization learn what do workers learn and what does the facilitator learn as well because they are three very discrete um components um in, in that in that way and uh, look, I mean, thank you for sharing today, guys. It's a wonderful journey that you're on. Um, I, I do watch from the sidelines, Steve, from time to time, the stuff that you guys are doing over there and the talks that are happening. So that's great. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're always going to have what we call the early adopter market. And there's also that mainstream market. 
And, and what we're really keen to try and do is we're, we're keen to show organisations how to bridge that. Because at the moment, you know, I, I, I think that we're actually forming a divide. If that makes sense? Yeah, like yeah. you mean between like safety one and safety two and no, safety different? Well, I mean, once again, we just talk about learning. We just talk about learning. Yeah. Um, Brent, I'm actually, I, I now say that I'm a safety performance guy. Yeah. So my, my work is about increasing safety performance and you know, just discovering work and learning. Like I, I, I keep, I do say that we're a learning, learning organisation. I think actually people now see me as just a learning guy. Oh, here's a learning guy coming in. What you, what we're learning today? What we're learning? Will you tell me? It's really yeah. different. And, and just wrapping up, we, we um, we, when we wrote the book, um, obviously we have a great respect for PDCA, you know, around continuous improvement. That's really important. But we actually went back through history and we discovered that it was actually called PDSA. It was plan, do, study, and apply. And it's really interesting, why did the study bit get swapped out to a check? And why did the apply bit get changed out to an act? Because to me, there's a difference between studying something and checking something. And if you think about it, a learning team is about understanding. An observation is a check. Makes sense? It's like we've created this, we've, we've decided that we're, we're going to stop understanding stuff and just simply move into fixed mode. And, and, it's, and organisations have been really interested about that because they're saying, okay, well, you know, how did we shift from study to check? Where should that effort be? And based on that study, what we're then doing is rather than creating actions from that study, we're then basically applying learnings. Is that interesting? Yeah, but it, do you think there's not many organisations that are willing to do that, though, Brent? Yeah, I mean, they're coming. They're starting, they're starting to drift through now. I still think organisations are still into that check, like tick box, check, boom, and then... Because that's, that's what they've been indoctrinated in through yeah, totally. standards and audits. But yeah, totally. So that's why we need more organisations like ours to really embrace this stuff. Sure. But look, it's, it's no different. I, I was training a group of ISO 45,000 auditors about how to inquire instead of um, finding issues. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, because because what happened is I, ISO is, is now all about finding opportunities for improvement. Yeah. Make sense? It's evidence-based now. It's not policy-based. Um, and it's about how do those auditors have that different conversation? Because what they have to do is now identify opportunities for improvement, not not find non-conformities. Makes sense? It's, it's a whole language shift. So, so I personally think that things like ISO forty five thousand one um, actually encourages organisations to want to move to a learning model. Yeah, and I, 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 I do know that. Understand that's its purpose. Yeah, I do know that we have just went through that process and. Uh, yeah, that came quite. It came across quite clearly that we have turned into a learning organisation, and we involve a lot. We have a lot of consultation with people. Yeah. I, I like when you're talking about the language there. You know, one of the things that we're sort of saying is opportunities for alignment. Right. When, when you know when we went through an audit process just recently, and it was like, yeah, opportunities for alignment, and I thought, yeah, I like that. That's better than non-conformance. Absolutely. So you're a whole new world.
what an amazing conversation with uh, Stephen and Tony. It, uh, it was really uh, extremely valuable, and it's great to see where people can get to on their journey over the last two and a half years. So don't forget to tune in to our final episode next week of our Tour Down Under. I'll be joined by my fellow colleagues Glynis McCarthy and Brent Robinson. We'll conduct a mini-learning team on the key threads and themes that emerged during a virtual tour of Australia. I look forward to you joining us then. Take care. Thank you listeners for being part of this podcast. We'd love to hear your learnings from today or other topics you would like us to support you on. Go to www.podcastlearnings.com and be part of the community practice of learning teams at www.learningteamscommunity.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.